We're all set for a World Cup like no other. The first to be held outside the European summer. The first in the Middle East. But the aspirations are still the same for players and fans alike. All 32 countries want to lift that golden trophy on the 18th of December. Qatar awaits. I'm Kevin Hatchard and this is World Cup Only Better. Well, after his sensational contribution to our European Championship preview, delighted to say that former England boss and indeed Tottenham legend Glenn Hoddle is with us once again. Glenn, from a coach's point of view, how tough is it going to be? Because normally coaches have a long run up to a World Cup. This time they don't. This is such a tough uh, World Cup, not just for Gareth Southgate, it's for all the coaches and they're all in the same boat. Um, it is quite ridiculous in many ways, you know, you've got nearly five days to prepare for your first game. By the time everyone gets recovered from the weekend's games and they travel, it is, uh, it, it, in a way, it's a, it's a great shame because this is the, the biggest trophy in the world. It's the biggest tournament in the world in football. Um, you've got to have better preparation time. It is what it is. And the only good thing for Gareth and, and uh, every manager is they're all in the same boat. Um, but it's, um, that's why I think uh, Gareth has picked, uh, particularly talking about England, he's picked the squad, he knows the players. He hasn't really got too many players from left field that have come in, that have got to integrate with the team. He's got almost like a club feeling there amongst uh, the players. Yeah, he gets some stick for that, Glenn, doesn't he? Choosing his favourites. But actually, mm. it makes a lot of sense when you think about it. Particularly with this World Cup, you know, I think you need to, They have got that club sort of feeling, that club spirit, that mentality. And I think that's going to stand them in good stead. They're going to be a bit fresher than normally, in my opinion. We normally go at the back end of a very tough Premier League. It's the toughest league in the world in the sense that you play the bottom team. It's not a given. In other leagues, you know, it, it is a given to be honest, in, in a lot of the other leagues. But, you know, we're absolutely shattered at the end of a season, um, whereas I think they're going to be fresher, without a doubt. And it could, it, could, uh, it could be a major advantage for England. We've made a major signing here at Betfair. Delighted to say that Patrice Evra, who won 81 caps for France and played in five major tournaments for Leibler, is with us. Patrice, how does it feel to represent your country on a big stage like this? I think it's a really uh, pride moment. Uh, when you represent your country, that's why I tell to the player it's completely different than when you play with your club. And sometimes you don't realize it because sometimes even when you speak with player and you say, are oh, you going to play a World Cup? They say, oh, it's a dream childhood. But, you know, when you play for big team, then you feel like it's granted. You need to play for your country, something normal. So you don't really have that excitement. But when you play a World Cup, I just realized I, I, in 2018, I, I had lunch with the, the French national team. But what's happening around? Why miss that? Because we didn't know you're in a hotel, you focus. Mm. But actually, it's just amazing to see all those fans around. And that's when I was like, wow, yeah. I can't believe I play a World Cup. Because when you play a certain level, for you, it's like just another game. But it's not another game. You're representing your country. It's, it's the next level. And do you get that feel, that buzz, you know, like the, the hopes of a nation on your shoulders, effectively? But yeah, you, 
you feel it, but like I say, because you are so focused on your game, so you, you don't realize it. But yes, of course, when you win, and sometimes, you know, after the game, you see on TV, when you see all those people watching in the public area and mm -hmm. celebrating, and you, you feel the nation, but you, you are so focused on, on your game, then you miss all that part. And that's why when I have the lunch with them, and they were in a group stage, and they were struggling, I say, guys, this is so beautiful. Now I understand what's me in the World Cup. So that's why when I see some player and they like interview and they say, oh, it's, it's amazing, it's a dream. I don't think they really uh, understand it. They say it for saying it, but they don't feel it. You have to feel it is like when you retire and you see all those fans, you know, like on the inner city walking together. Yeah, the benefit of experience. Our resident betting expert, Marco Hare, was sadly never selected for a World Cup and a number of <laughs> Republic of Ireland managers need to take a long, hard look at themselves as a result. But luckily, that's allowed him to focus on bringing us the best bets. Mark, we're going to look at a number of markets today, but what excites you about the tournament? Um, I guess the openness. It feels like one of the most open World Cups we've had for, for quite some time, and that's probably down to the, the European challenge being, well, certainly this calendar year form for almost all the UEFA nations has, has dropped off really. So um, obviously you sort of look towards South America and Brazil and Argentina are doing great things. Um, so can they translate that now onto the, the world stage? Because they've not really been tested against the UEFA nations since the last World Cup either. So there's a lot of unknowns, I think, coming into this World Cup, obviously a new region, a new kickoff time. And as Glenn says, you, you, you think that players will arrive in, in peak form. But the flip side is we've had such a relentless schedule playing six rounds of Champions League combined with the Premier League. Are these players going to be not necessarily burnt out, but exhausted already mentally and physically, as well as the five, game, five days preparation time? To me, that potentially lends itself to a couple of upsets as well. So that's what I've been looking forward to and personally looking forward to in terms of mm. um, trying to find which teams might su surprise us and, and cause a, an upset against the big guns. He's been locked away for days <laughs> in the <laughs> cave, just crunching the numbers. Let's start with Group B. That's the group that involves England and Wales. Gareth Southgate has delivered a World Cup semi-final, Glenn. Mm. He's delivered a European Championship final. Hasn't quite got that major trophy. Does he get enough credit, though? I don't think he's getting enough credit, no, because um, you've got to look back in, you know, since 66, we go all the way back there, what we've done. He's done better than anyone. He's got us, you know, in a consistent level. If it was a racehorse, if that was the form, what you've just said, Kev, you'd be backing it, wouldn't you? Yeah. It's due to win. So that's where we're at at the moment. But I think uh, there's a little bit, there would have been a bit of pressure on us, major pressure, because I think we would have perhaps gone to this World Cup semi-favourites up there with the real you know with Brazil mm. and maybe France mm. I think the fact that some of our results have been poor recently mm. it might help us go under the radar there's not much expectation mm. in the country because it's, one it's in the middle of the Premier League which has overtaken now everyone's casting their minds to the World Cup only now this week um, and I think that's good for the players and I think they'll, they'll go under the radar a little bit but this team have got we don't quite know how this team's going to perform, and I don't think Gareth knows yet. He'll want to improve on, his, on, on the form that going into the tournament that we're in, but we've got such talent in there going forward. For me, it's about how we defend, how we defend as a team and how those defenders, that's the problem that we've got against the top teams. If we can get that right, we've got as good a chance as anyone. Patrice, who excites you in this England team, do you think? Who are the players that you think can 
change a game. We've obviously got Harry Kane, who has this incredible scoring <laughs> record. But who else do you but, think? But, but you say it, but I want to go back to what Glenn just, just say. I think it's really good for, for England to have those bad results. So the major are going to not put too much pressure on them because that's why mm -hmm. I feel with England before they start a tournament, you know, they, they're playing all the qualification game, they win and suddenly we're going to be World Cup champions, mm -hmm. you know, and, and they got that pressure. And when the competition starts, they always fail at the, at, the, at the wrong moment. But I think we should give like more uh, credit to, uh, to the manager because Target is doing like so well. And sometimes I heard like some criticism, like even the last Euro, they get to the final, losing against Italy. But he make like, I think the country believe in it again. But I think I, I'm really excited about the, the English team. Like if you name like every player, and of course I can, I, I, it's time for him to step up also on major tournament. Because for me, he's one of the best uh, strikers in the world. But when you say the world, you mean like you need to prove you, yourself in Champions you need to prove yourself in the World Cup. So I, I really hope for him he's going to score like some, some important goal. But yeah, he, he's one of the key players. But like Glenn say, the defence. Mm. The defence. All the defence will attack this tournament. You know, we have lots of criticism from, from Maguire and personally I think when he plays for England he's always amazing. So, so, so let's see if they find... And they miss a lot of uh, full-back. And that's my worry, you know, we, we're talking about James, about Ben. So they are not the most important like role in the in in, in the team. Even if I play as a fullback, I always say the midfield. Yeah, the fullbacks union. Yeah, yeah, no, be happy the, about the, the, the midfield. No, the midfield are, are also a key, a key role, but they have a massive impact because I say when you play those positions now, mm -hmm. if you defend and you don't attack, they're gonna say you're not good enough. If you just attack and you don't defend, they're gonna say yeah. defensively was poor. So you need to find that that balance. And when you find mm. that balance, you, you can be, have a massive impact. I think also as well, in, in this world football at the moment, there's not a great defensive side out there. There's mm. not an I Italian team that can go there and play. They don't, they're not there anyway, Correct. but that's with that philosophy. Because they could defend against No North one Macedonia. can defend anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. No one defends anymore. It's about what we do going forward. The fullbacks engage. That's why I think if Gareth play, I think he's going to have to play with a three at the back and, and not, you know, and sort that out. But I think there's, if you look at all the teams, the Dutch, the Span, all, they're all, they're all, their Achilles heel is how they defend. So we're not the only team. Yeah. We, I think yeah. we're focusing in on all oh, Harry Maguire's been, not been playing them. You know, Walker's been injured. Yeah, of course, they're facts. But I still think there's lots of teams out there that can't defend properly. Yeah. But I, also, I want to just go back to get what he said about now. We just like the defense have to be like even the center back have to play like a number ten. Mm -hmm. We more focus on how to play from the back. Yeah. But back in the day, the defender were pure defender yeah. first. You know, yeah. and we f we forget that now it's just like we have to play from the back. No, mm -hmm. defend first. And it's true what he say. It's not if he, if you look, it's not any team. They will be like solid when you know they're gonna score one goal and they're gonna no concede any goal. Mm. All around the world, like because everyone want to play from the back. It's a little bit Pep Guardiola bring that, and everyone now want to play like like Pep Guardiola. But I'm like, you know, you're a defender. I want you to put your head where you people will never even put their 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 foot. And yeah. I miss that. I miss that old school defending. I think the rule as well, the rule with the six yard box playing, you know, you haven't mm. got to play the ball out of the, yeah. the eighteen yard box. That stopped people playing. But now we're gone to the other extreme. <laughs> I look at old centre backs when I was a youngster, what they're thinking, God dear, <laughs> give me the ball in the six yard <laughs> box. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. And that's that's where the game has changed completely. Mm. You know, the pitches are better to play good football, but my word 
the risks that some of the teams take. Yes. And you'll see it in the World Cup. And, and you're right, uh, Patrice, it's, it's the, the Guardiola way of playing. Now, if you've got the right players and the right goalkeepers to do it, then it works. But not everyone's got them. No, not everybody can afford that Pep Guardiola <laughs> team either. Um, Glenn, Harry Kane's the favourite to win the Golden Boot. He's done it before. Mm. England have what you might think is a fairly kind group compared to some of the others. And he looks mm. pretty sharp for Spurs. And they've needed him, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, Harry's... Har I mean, look at the record. You, again, a little bit like Gareth Southgate in a way. I don't think people are giving Harry as much credit. as like, He's, he's, he's going he's gonna to go past Jimmy Greaves' record. Yeah. Mm. You know, this is quite incredible. Really, and you're getting an, you're getting a player that actually assists as well and plays an all-round game. He's not just a box threat. He's not just this uh, marksman in the box, of, you know, like a Gerd Muller of, of yesteryear and that type of player. He, he he does contribute so many other things. I think for England, though, I would say stay in the penalty area. I think you've got your likes of Foden's and your your Mounts or your Grealish, whoever Madison. You've got creators yeah. there. You know, and it depends what teams played. There's a bit more creation in this English team going forward. Um, and I would say he's going to have to get service. And I think he might get the service. Whether it's an, I think it's an easier group. I don't think it's an easy group. No, there's no easy group. No, but you look easier. at some of them it and could think, have been a lot wow, okay. yeah, exactly. not, not think it's easy. It's yeah. a worker. <laughs> yeah. Trust yeah, 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 it's, it's not no going to be... Uh, and it, but, it, it, you know, we should have enough to get through that group without yeah. a doubt. Mm. But it excites me what Harry... The create, you know, the creativity we might give to Harry. He will finish it if you give him chances. Patrice, you know Didier Deschamps really well, the, the France boss. I think there's an interesting parallel between him and Southgate in the sense that they have a structure and they have a way of playing and some people at home look at all of the quality available and say wow we should be playing in a much more attacking way we should be mm. scoring loads of goals it doesn't work like that <laughs> does it <laughs> just does not work like <laughs> no that. it doesn't work like that but if you ask to like uh, three million people which team they're going to be they're going to all pick a different yeah. team i think every yeah. country uh, uh, all the people will become a manager when the, the World Cup comes. But they have like good reason. Like Southgate, the way he, he, he pick his team is because you don't have a time like the one month of preparation. So it makes sense. But some fans, they don't understand that. They will be, why he didn't pick that player? Why he didn't pick that player? But Deschamps is really good at, at that. Deschamps yeah. can sacrifice even the best player of his squad to make sure the star is the team. He's looking for the squad, mm. not only the mm. 11 player, but also the player they will accept to be in the bench. Mm. And when they will come on, they will give the 100%. So sometimes people are surprised. They're gonna, why he pick this player? He's never played or whatever. But because he know for the squad, for, for, the, for the atmosphere, for the positive energy in the team, you need those kind of players. So that's why fans have to understand. A manager is not building the team like just he will pick like the best player. Uh, Deschamps didn't pick for different reasons Benzema for at least five years. Yeah. And now we bring him back to the team. And you see, it's, it's just the moment. And that's what I like about Deschamps. He knows how to build the squad. And sometimes some people you're going to pick, you're going to be really shocked. But because I know him personally and I understand it. Because trust me, even when you go to the World Cup and you don't play one minute, it's tough for the people in the bed. But you need those, those guys also to motivate the player and say, come on. And also in the training, mm. to not give up. Because if you take like a big player and he's not selected, he will maybe walk in the training session, but yeah. he's damaging the team. 
Yeah, and you know that, Glenn, because you've had to make bold calls at a World Cup and before a World Cup as well. Without a doubt, you know, that, that is the key. I mean, I had to make, I think Gareth with 26 players to choose from, it was a little bit easier. For, for him to, to take who he wanted to take nowadays. You yeah, know, Gareth. We, Think how it was back in the day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I took Gareth, actually. <laughs> no, I actually did put him in the squad. Um, but no, I had, the, I had the Paul Gascoigne scenario where I had to, mm. you know, Paul was left out because of injury. But the press didn't want to hear that. They didn't want to hear the truth. It was like I was going to mess up their storylines. Mm. Um, but it was a sad uh, occasion for me to, to leave Paul out because Paul had done so well during the qualifiers. So that was a big... I knew it was going to be a massive shout, but it was what's right, like Patrice is saying... It's about the squad balance. It's about what's mm. right for that. Paul wouldn't have been fit. This is where, you know, there's a few players now that are coming back from injury. You've got to decide when are they going to get fit during the, you know, when will they be playing? And that was the call I had. It wouldn't have been until the semi-finals, really. So, and if you're in the semi-finals, you're doing something right. You know, yeah. you've got the team <laughs> functioning well. So it was, a, it was a tough call, and it's one that Gareth really hasn't had to make too many. Probably Walker's won. Um, when will he be 100% fit to, to go in if he's need be mm. and probably Phillips going Phillips but I don't see him starting anyway at this moment in time so he's got a bit more time yeah might have to go softly softly with yeah. him because of yeah. course he's played so little football Mark tell us about the rest of the group we'll talk about Wales but Iran USA what kind of threat do they pose to England uh, I think they're awkward opponents is probably the best way of describing it. Um, we'll start with the US because they are second in the betting, surprisingly for me at least. Um, they've got a young team, an emerging team. Uh, it might come a little bit too soon for, for most of them. They are hosting the World Cup mm. in four years' time and that's what they are targeting. Um, probably weak at centre-half and centre-forward, but pretty decent in between. Uh, they've got a really sort of lung-busting midfield, which is what I mean about awkward. They will get in your face, they will press you hard. Um, but uh, in terms of sheer quality, uh, I'm not sure they can sort of match England or Wales, but they will be difficult to, difficult to tame, shall we say. And Iran really fascinate me because they've had next to no build-up or preparation time. It's been chaos, but that tends to be the way with Iran. They tend to deal with chaos uh, every time they meet up. But uh, they have got, for me, the best coach in the group, in Carlos Queiroz, who returned three months mm -hmm. ago. They will play a, a very defensive style, uh, but play on the counter-attack too. And if you think back to four years ago, they were in a group with Portugal and Spain. They were literally uh, a last-minute miss away from topping the group. They yeah. eventually went out mm. at the group stage. I think they're dangerous, and I think you cannot underestimate them whatsoever. They're playing England in the opening day in the afternoon heat. That's an advantage, as is the climate and the, the conditions of the Middle East. And they're also playing Wales in the afternoon as well. So... You know, if the weather is, you know, I've been checking the temperatures regularly from Qatar and it tends to be 28, 38, 30 degrees. That's pretty hot. So, um, you know, I, I think Iran will be competitive at the very least. And I think they've got a great chance. See, he thinks outside the box. It's not just, you know, who's scoring goals. He's looking at the weather, <laughs> looking at the stadiums, looking at the food, loads of stuff. Um, Patrice, let's talk about Gareth Bale, because... Yeah. He, again, is the major hope for Wales, but you look at him scoring in that MLS final um, and helping LAFC win that, he's just a big game performer, isn't he? And if he can stay fit, there's every chance he'll make an impact. I, I feel sad for, for Gareth Bell. I, I saw him in, uh, when he was at Madrid and I have a, a chat with him. I feel he, he doesn't get credit enough. People forget, even in the Champions League final, goals, important goal, he scored 
and because he had this episode in Madrid when he was like playing golf and all the, the media went and that, he's not focused on the football anymore. He has the Bayer language. Of course, it was like not easy for him to, to learn or to, to speak Spanish. So because all of those things, I think the media create a false image about Gareth Bale, but what a player. Yeah. I know he's been uh, through a lot of injury. But you can see he came back from injury. He scored that goal in the final. So I think, he, he, like, for Wales, he's the most important player, yeah. even more than, than Ryan Giggs or whatever, because no, he didn't, like, Ryan Giggs never done any major tournament. Gareth Bell did. And I know for his country, he's going to play with passion. He's going to bleed for his country. So I really wish him well. And I'm sure he's going to stop, like, a lot of criticism. What a player. I, you know, I remember I, I, I faced him a, a lot when he was playing in Tottenham. But me, when I have like fast play and strong, I just go for the leg. And I have like, a, <laughs> I have a peaceful game, I'll be honest with you. But what a player, what a player. Those days are gone now. <laughs> Those days are gone. Well, there you go, opponents of Gareth Bale, you heard it here first, that's the way to stop him. Um, Glenn, mm. there's massive pressure in a way on Wales because it's been so long since they've been in a World Cup, but actually, mm. They, they've done so well to get here in the first place. And actually, they have yeah. produced in major tournaments before. Absolutely. Again, if ever there's a team that have got a club scenario, a, a club spirit about them, it's Wales. You know, Gareth Bauer's got them there with what he did in the playoffs. You know, the games against Austria, was it, and Ukraine. Incredible goals. He, is a, he just goes to another level when it's a top, top game, whether it's a Champions League final, as we've seen him do, uh, and, and for Madrid, but for, for Wales... Patrice is right, it, it, it'll, it'll go through a brick wall for, for, for the Welsh team. And then I think what he does is he engages the rest of his teammates and they actually know, well, we've got to go with him. He's yeah. gone into another gear, we've got to up our gears. And I tell you, I think it's a great word, awkward. This is an awkward group for England, it really is. Dangerous. You know, the, the three games they're going to have is not going to be a, a walk in the park and I think Wales are going to make it tough. The key thing is it's the last game against England. So Wales have got to do their, their work yeah. in the first two yeah. games, and so have England, really, in many ways. And, and you're hoping, from the British point of view, it's a nice little, mm. let's have a draw and we both go for it. We don't do that in Britain, do no, we? No, no, don't no, no. There's never any carpets, of course. So, Mark, from a betting perspective, how do we approach the group? Um, this might surprise you. But um, I've got a reasonable opinion behind Iran qualifying. It's 4.33. It doesn't surprise me at all. That's a very Marco Yeah. On Wales, obviously, there's three key performers. You want Gareth Bale to be fit and firing. You need Aaron Ramsey to find his way in, in a system which hasn't happened too often in the past 12 months, 18 months. And you need Joe Allen to be fit and firing. But Wales have had issues breaking down deep line defences, which is another sort of mark in Iran's box, if you like. So if Iran can survive that game, survive England, who they play first up England on the back of very little preparation time, that's a great advantage for Iran too. So if they can survive those two games, I absolutely believe they can do enough on the counter-attack to, to beat either Wales or the US to do enough to qualify. And I think the, the price is, is disrespectful, I think. I think this, this, um, this group outside of England is very, very competitive. I could easily make a case for Wales for sure, but I think price-wise, Iran are being discounted as no hopers, and they're really not. Um, so yeah, I mean, I talk about the defence in terms of Iran, but going forward, they've got two outstanding operators in Taremi and uh, Asmoon. Asmoon might not be fit for the start, but Taremi definitely mm. will be. Yeah. They can play on the counter-attack, they can cause problems, just don't underestimate them. And I think 4.33 on the exchange to qualify is, is a nice price for what I think is three 
fairly evenly balanced teams behind England. And Mehdi Taremi, a regular scorer in the Champions League, actually, not just in the Portuguese League for Porto. And we do have, talking of scorers, very exciting offer coming up ahead of the World Cup. And it's to do with the Golden Boot market. Bet £10 on the Golden Boot winner and get a free £2 bet every time they score or assist. Applies to the first bet placed on the Golden Boot market. Maximum £2 free bet per goal or assist. T's and C's apply, 18+. plus. See gambleaware.org. Let's switch to Patrice's specialist subject, which is France, of course. <laughs> Thought I was going to say Lithuania then, didn't you, Patrice? <laughs> Saw him looking nervous there. Um, you look at their group, Australia, Tunisia, Denmark. We know how good Denmark were at the oh, European yes. Championship. France went out a lot earlier than expected at the European Championship. We were all very bullish ahead of that tournament about France's yeah. chances. Firstly, what do you feel went wrong there? But I think France, the biggest enemy of France is France. <laughs> because that's the problem, because we got such a big squad with big players playing in, in the big league. And we are also the World Cup champions. So what's happened at the Euros is sometimes we celebrate before the end of the game. If you watch the game against uh, Switzerland, 3-1 up start dancing. I have nothing against the new generation, dancing, whatever. Everyone celebrate the way. But this is like the height level. And that's the, the problem is I love France when we are like against the wall. That's when we perform better. That's why I say England now, they don't have that pressure to, because they have like few games. And I feel like the hope, like the English fan, they will be like, you know, we, we're not sure about that. We're playing bad. They criticize Southgate. But this is like the same for France. When I talk with people, straight away they're like, oh, France is going to win the World Cup, France is going to win. But I'm like, do you know the player we're missing? You know the injury player? Varane just get injury, but he's in the squad. I don't know when he's going to be fit. Kante. Mm. Kante, Kante is the biggest miss. I, I remember in the, uh, the final, uh, the mm. semi-final against Argentina, Deschamps just say, you follow Messi, even when he go to the toilet, you follow him. <laughs> and that's the kind of job Kante will do. Yeah. Kante, you can see Chelsea, why they're struggling, because Kante is missing. He's such an important player. Mm -hmm. So, of course, you got the new young player, Trumani from, from Madrid, those players. Yes, they are great talent, but you need experience. Mm -hmm. This is, we're talking about the World Cup. You, you play for your country. And Benzema, you know, is not 100% fit. He's recovering, so it's a lot of, you know, I've got worries, but we never know with the squad. And the problem is like everyone, they're like, we have to win, we have to win, we have the best squad. No, I think we, we're going to struggle, but I've got faith, but I think we're going to struggle. What's the feeling about Kylian Mbappe? We know he's a world-class talent. There's been all this talk, mainly from him, about where his best position is. How do you see uh, him faring? Because we know how talented he is. I didn't is. speak with, with him yet personally, and I think everyone follow what's happening in the media. Uh, he keeps saying maybe PSG promised him big things. Uh, he signed a, a mega contract. But sometime in life, I'm like, you, you're playing with Neymar. You're playing with Messi. What's the matter? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. what, what's the matter? Like some players talk about position. And I remember even when Pogba was, uh, you know, Patrice is difficult. I, at United, I'm not playing the same position I was at Juve. Uh, I always give this example about Thierry Henry, mm. legend of Arsenal. He went to Barcelona. Where did he play? Left winger. Mm. 
So that's, I say, it's, it's not an excuse. When the manager needs you, you have to play. This is not an excuse. Like I remember in the final against uh, Barcelona, uh, they beat us in a, in a fight in Rome. Eto, in one moment, was playing right back. So those, those, those excuses of saying, like, this is not my position, people have to stop finding that those players is no excuse. The manager, you have to play where the manager, where is the best for the team. And, I, and I'm sorry, but that's what I mean. Like, I saw what's happening in the media, so I, want to, I don't want to jump on Mbappé. But of course, now you can see his image. So a lot of the French people, they, 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 they don't like him anymore. So he, he's struggling, and you have to give time. You know, some people, mm. they compare Mbappé and, and Alan to, to Messi and Ronaldo. But Messi and Ronaldo, they perform like this for 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. So we have to stop also, you know, give the, the, to those players, oh, they're going to be the new. No, if you want to be the new uh, 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 Messi or Ronaldo, you have to perform for 15 years in the height level. Mm. So it's a lot of pressure, of course. He win the World Cup uh, when he was, I think, 18, all of that but I think we need to also don't forget his age but also I think he have to come from himself and for the team around him to protect him because people won't understand why he's complaining being at PSG Madrid offer you to, to, to come you didn't so you have to take your responsibility you stay at PSG you have to die for PSG yeah, you mentioned that mega contract. I heard that he almost earns as much as Marco Hare. Not quite, <laughs> but nearly. Um, Glenn, just one on France. What, what do you think? Because they don't have Pogba, they don't yeah. have Conte, as well, Patrice Pop, says. is an interesting one because I think they will miss Pogba. Pogba in a blue shirt, in a French shirt, is a completely different player. Mm. I think he, he, he feels at home there with all his, his teammates there back again. And you see he's a different player. He hits passes that we know he can hit. Mm. He didn't do that at United and he's found he's, he's lost his way a little bit as a player as a person in many ways um, but he'll, he'll want to play for the manager that's a big miss if it, with him and, and, and obviously Kante Kante's like having two midfield players when he yeah. plays but you've still got to look at the, the, that squad and say the World Cup is about peaking at the right time mm. this team could easily peak and if they do they're going to go close it's up to now Deschamps to, to, to look deep into his squad. Have they got that little bit of deepness in that midfield to cover those sort of players? I'm not sure yet, to be honest. I don't think they probably have, have they? And, um, and if Iran, you know, can't start, for instance, mm. there's, a bit, there's a few ifs and buts. But a team that wins the World Cup normally has one special player. That could be Mbappe. Yeah. If he turns up, and, he's, and his mind's fresh and it's away from Paris Saint-Germain it's away from my move to it, mm. he's now thinking this is the, we've won the World Cup we want to hold on to this trophy it's the hardest thing to do mm. obviously no teams you know do that yeah. it's very tough to, to, to be winners of a, a trophy and then go back and do it again but if he actually turns it on and you have that you know he has, you have that sort of special player mm. you've always had that in, in, in World Cup Going all the way back, whether it was Messi or the German, great German teams, it's France have still got that X factor yeah. in them. Yeah. Yeah, great quality. And also, watch out for Christopher Nkunku. I've been going on about him <laughs> relentlessly for over a year on this show. I think he could have quite a big tournament if he gets enough game time. Mm. Mark, let's talk about this group as a whole then. Obviously, France, the favourites to go through. I know you're a massive fan of what Denmark have achieved in the last year or so. And we've got Tunisia and Australia. So where, where are we at with this group? Um, for me, there's a nervousness about back in France to win the group. They've already been turned over home and away by Denmark this year. 
Yeah, I love Denmark again. I think they've still got the spine of a, a wonderful team, probably lacking a centre forward who's going to finish their mm. opportunities um, consistently. But um, it didn't bother them too much in qualifying. They scored rakes of goals and I think 18 different players contributed, which kind of goes to show how well they're set up. Um, so I expect Denmark to go well. I think they're the ones who I'd fancy to win the group because outside of that, Tunisia, we talk about Iran being quite defensively minded. Tunisia are from the same school of thought, really. They will sit back. They will try and invite you on. Probably got a few key players in forward areas who can do something from set pieces or counterattacks. But um, in theory, Denmark and France should be seeing this group off because Australia, I haven't got a huge amount of hope for Australia, unfortunately. I, I think they've got the worst generation of players now for, for a long time, actually, and they finished bottom of the group. And but what do you really think? <laughs> <laughs> so, well, that's I mean, the question. <laughs> I've got the Socceroos bottom of the group. Um, okay. They've got nothing going forward, unfortunately. And, um, you know, they're, they're two players who, who are playing in Europe's top five leagues are second choice at their clubs as well. So they are short of quality. Um, they will, you know, as they say, the Aussie spirit will come to come to the fore, really. But in terms of quality, it's it's tough for both Tunisia and uh, Australia. So, yeah, I like Denmark mm. to win the group. They're 3.6 on the exchange. And we talk about Kylian Mbappe. You can get to him at 8 to 11 to score two or more group stage goals on the sports book. That really appealed. Two or more? Yes. Wow. <laughs> wow. OK. okay. That's a really interesting price, actually. Can I just go back to Denmark? Of course. I, yeah. I think the team I don't want to play in this tournament is probably Denmark. <laughs> and I'm not saying that because my wife is Danish. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it's it really helps. like that. It helps a little bit, plus my son, so he's half Danish, half French. But it's just like, you see when the incident of Eriksen happened, and I was like, wow, they're going to go out of the tournament. Mm. But they built something even more important than football, mm. you could see. And the way they, they, they beat France, they, they generally like they deserve to win the game. Mm. And so I think Denmark gonna be a massive outsider for this one. Yeah, I agree. I think they sure. could be a little, a little sneaky it's break to go yeah. It's worth mentioning as well, out of this group, the runner-up is likely to face Argentina in the last 16. Mm. Mm. The importance of winning the group is yeah. enormous. <laughs> yeah. So is, yeah. Patrice has been quite, um, mm. I don't know, wary of France coming into this competition. Yeah. If they don't win the group, they're playing Argentina, most likely. That's, that could mm. be another early exit. That could be a very exciting game in the last 16. We're going to have daily preview shows, by the way, throughout the tournament. All the best tips and insight ahead of each day of World Cup action. Now, the hosts, Qatar, are in a fascinating group with Senegal, Ecuador and the Netherlands. Glenn, you look at what the Dutch have got. Virgil van Dijk, Frankie de Jong, Memphis Depay. I know he hasn't played a lot this season. Mm -hmm. Steven Bergfein's been brilliant for Ajax when he's not hammering the coach, which he did at the weekend. Um, <laughs> But the star actually might be Louis van Gaal because of all his experience yeah. and all his ability. We've seen him take the Netherlands deep into a World Cup before. He's very important for and them. And I think that that group of players needs that experience around him as a coach like that. Um, they'll, they'll believe in him, they'll respect him and um, he'll play different shapes. The Dutch are always technically fantastic team. I don't know whether they've got the firepower if I'm honest, at the top of the pitch. Is it too reliant on Memphis then, do you I think? I think it is, and I'm not sure he's a top, top international striker. That's my point. Mm. I don't see them score. I don't see uh, somebody coming out of their team and, and you're saying, well, he's the star quality. He's the one like an Mbappe, or, or it mm. could be Kane for England. I, don't th I think that's what they're lacking. Yesteryear, of course, they had the Cruyffs and people like that. But um, if they don't implode, 
if they don't implode like they can do, as the Dutch do, um, they're going to go. I think. I think they'll go deepish into the uh, into the tournament. But I can't. When it come, they come up against the real test for them is if they come up against the, an Argentina or a, a Brazil or even an England. If playing well, you know we've got to be on the front foot a little bit. They're a great side. They're a lovely side to watch. But you're also a good side to play against. You don't mind playing against the Dutch. Yeah. Is it is it like is it like I, I think I absolutely agree with Glenn. Is it like of a striker? Because when you think of Van Persie, Van Nistelrooy, yeah. and now you know you're reliable on, on, on Memphis, I don't think he's this calibre. Mm. Glenn is absolutely correct. So that's, I think that will be their, their weakness. And he has striker. barely played this season for Barcelona, yeah. mix mm. of injury and mm. non-selection. I've heard that Lewandowski guy's quite good, so mm. he's been getting into the team <laughs> uh, a fair bit. Patrice, we know you as a French international, but you were born in Senegal. Yeah. I want to ask you about Sadio Mane because... Heartbreakingly, it looks like he's going to miss the tournament. There's been a bit of disagreement between Bayern and Senegal about that. It looks like he's going to be part of their squad, but that's just an enormous blow for Senegal. Isn't devastated, it? I think. They, they, devastated when I heard that. Uh, he is, he's the, he represents the Senegal team, and I think even Mane know. And now they, they they pick him in the squad. And some I talk with some people. They say, yeah, but he's important. He's going to talk to the no. Mane need to be on the pitch. So I agree with Bayern Munich because they care about his health and they know he's probably not going able to, to play. And like Glenn say, like, you can't pick a manager because you plan to play him in the semi-final or whatever. You need to focus on the first game, the group stage, uh, the group stage game. So that's why I think he's a, he's a massive miss. Like, I was like, Senegal going, because I want one African team also to surprise to do something mm -hmm. and Senegal was the one yeah. I was betting and not because my dad is, 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 is Senegalese mm -hmm. it's really because the team the way they beat uh, Egypt in the African uh, 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 final is, uh, is a big miss it's a big miss I'm, I'm really really sad for Senegal Mark this group's really intriguing and I'm quite uh, I'm quite enticed by the Dutch not to win it but to go a little bit further than people think because if they can win this group which seems eminently possible it's a great springboard for them yeah it is it's, it's the group that um, stands out as having a real sort of clear favourite ahead of the rest um, I'm I'm keen on Senegal still despite the money injury I think the draw has been, probably been kinder to them than it has been to Ecuador who'd be the obvious alternative so Ecuador have to play Qatar in the, in the opening game we know that no host nation has ever lost their first home game of the World Cup. They'll have mm. the home support behind them, so that's obviously a big bonus to them. And then Ecuador have to turn around and play the Dutch second. So the Dutch are clearly going to be sort of focused on that match. They'll probably have a game to, to, to actually sort of get under their belts beforehand. Whereas um, Senegal start against the Dutch. Memphis is missing for the first game. So that almost evens itself out with Mane. And if you look at the squad's depth compared to the Senegal squad, compared to the Ecuadorian squad. Ecuador are absolutely on the way to something special, but it might be four years' time. They've got a very young squad. It's still in a bit of a generational shift. Um, Brazil's head coach marks them out as being one of the, the real sort of dark horses in this competition, and they will be, we talked about other teams earlier, they will be awkward, they'll be quick, they'll be in your face, they'll be physical, they'll be very, very good on the counter-attack too. But um, I just look at the Senegalese squad and, and while spiritually and emotionally losing Mane is, is massive, I almost think the market's moved too much in favour of Ecuador now because of that. There's still mm. plenty of talent elsewhere in that squad. Defensively, they're still absolutely superb. Mm. I think they've only lost two or three games in, in three years. They're, they're accustomed to getting results. If they can grind out points here and there and pick up three points against uh, Qatar, 
later in the competition. Um, you know, I think that's a, that's a really advantage for them. And just one thing about the Dutch, I don't think they're completely bomb-proof in this group either. Just because you think of Senegal, Ecuador, and Qatar, they'll all be accustomed to those kind of climatic conditions. As North, North Europeans, Netherlands might not be. Um, obviously playing Senegal first up without Mem Memphis as well. Quick turnaround, there's an opportunity there to oppose the Dutch in the first game perhaps. Then I think they will find their stride and can go at least target a, a quarter-final position because I think the group, you know, if they win the group, they're playing, who is it, probably um, USA, Iran or Wales. So um, they'll fancy themselves there. But from, from the last eight, it gets tricky. They've had some good results against Wales recently, the Dutch. Um, not many of our viewers will know a huge amount about Qatar. If you do, apologies. Um, what do we know about the hosts? How dangerous can they be? Well, we know that they're going to be the best prepared team of all at the competition because they've been in intense training camps since June. Their league shut down early doors as well to allow them to put complete focus into this. We talk about teams having one week to turn around from domestic matches to their first game of the competition. Qatar haven't got that issue whatsoever, but they have been sort of lining up friendlies where and when they can. The results recently have been mixed. They lost to a Croatian under-23 team not so long ago. They have been trying to get as much competitive football as possible. So they played in the CONCACAF Gold Cup. They played in the Copa America. They played in the European qualifiers. Results have been mixed, uh, particularly in the latter, in the European qualifiers, where if you kind of average their results out against Portugal, Ireland, Serbia and Luxembourg, they would have finished second bottom, uh, scored the fewest, conceded the most. They're pretty lightweight, um, but there is a cohesive team spirit there, which has been building for quite some time. And they've got two players up front who can do damage, for sure. Um, so I don't think they'll qualify. I don't think they'll be embarrassed either. I think they can be competitive, but um, yeah, I think they might be following South Africa as the, the second team ever to host nation to, to drop out in the, in the first round. Team that we do expect to be competitive is Argentina, of course. Lionel Messi, struggled by his standards, Patrice, in his first season with Paris Saint-Germain. It's perfectly understandable. A, it was a move he wasn't expecting to make, so there was a big family upheaval, but also new league, new team, new teammates. He'd been at Barcelona so long. This season, totally different scenario, isn't it? I think he, he, he needed a time to grieve by leaving Barcelona. I think <laughs> Messi was really sad. I think he affected him a lot. And even you can see when he was talking, the way he cried, he, he loved Barcelona. Messi is Barcelona, so of course he's going to struggle in a different league because people don't watch that much the French league, but it's also not an easy league, you know. When people, they, they always like me to compare like the league, what is the most difficult, and it, it, it's different. When you, when you play in England, in the Premier League, it's like two boxers give you, you give me, and the Fox knockout, you, you win the game. When you play in Italy, it's a chess game. You need to play with your head. They, they know exactly your position. They, I remember when I was at Juventus, they're doing like even video about how many corner kicks we concede. So you, you really have to just like play with, with your brain. And you know, when we play in France, it's, it's also a lot of cardio, it's a lot of running. So it's a different league. This year is back. This year is back. I think this can be like the, the year of Lionel Messi. And I see the Argentina player, they, they, they really want to win the World Cup, not even for themselves. They want to win the World Cup for Messi. Mm -hmm. They all want to fight for Lionel Messi. 
and Messi will perform. So that's why they are one of my favorite. Brazil, Argentina, because he talked about the, the, the weather condition. I think this is an important point. I think that's why some of the European team will, will struggle with that, with the heat. And Argentina is Argentina. And this year, even like the defense are getting better, Lissandro, yes, they are the team. They are the team that I think they can go far. And a lot of people say it could be like the last, you know, Messi World Cup, the last chance to win a, a, a big trophy with Argentina because they compare him a lot with Maradona. But Maradona always get a hedge because he win the World Cup yeah. with, uh, with Argentina. So I know mm. this is Messi goal. This is Messi dream. If you ask Messi to swap all his Ballon d'Or, then winning the World Cup with, with Argentina, he will swap all his Ballon d'Or. Yeah. He will do it tomorrow. Yeah. I think that's the burden as well on his shoulders, Maradona. Because mm. Maradona won the World Cup with a very average, very average Argentinian side. They really mm. were. And he just won it on his own in many ways. You can't win it on your own, obviously, the team game. But if you go back and look at that, I played in that World Cup. And I think that's been the chains on, on, on Messi's shoulders for so long. And I think he's getting tired of it. And I think the other players, what you're saying, Patrice, they want to do it for him as much as anything because yeah. he does deserve to be called the best. He won't ever be called the best because Maradona's done what he's done. So well, it's Copa a real America win thing. help at all because he's finally won something with Argentina. Well, that yeah, and they did it against <laughs> yeah. Brazil in Brazil. Yeah. So will that? Hey, that's a ma that's a massive stepping stone. Yeah, it's yeah. a stepping stone, but there's nothing like the World Cup. Yeah. Um, so I think for him to be truly looked as as like with up there with Pele, who's won World Cups, and mm. Maradona, and say with an average team, mm. Messi is a genius. Don't get me wrong, he's an absolute genius, and I, I, nothing would give me more pleasure to watching him play at his very best, like he's had a good season for Paris, turning it on. And Argentina getting beat by England in the final. <laughs> <laughs> well, Taylor, you can dream. <laughs> we can dream, can't we? Um, Mark, you look at the, the whole group. You've got Poland. Lewandowski, obviously, the centrepiece of that. But they're a good side. Lots of quality in there. Lots of European experience. You've got Mexico and Saudi Arabia. So how are we approaching this group? Well, I want to be against Mexico. I think they arrive in, in poor health, um, both physically and, and mentally too. Um, the public are very much against Tata Martino. He had a great start, but things have dropped off quite significantly. They're struggling to score. Raul Jimenez, as we know, has had injury issues for a long time. But he just also, doesn't look the same player, does he? He doesn't, mm. no. He's been recovering in, in Mexico now for quite some time, and there's not even a, an assurance that he will start the competition. So that's a, a huge blow, because alternatives are, are thin on the ground. Lozano's done great work with Napoli this season, but it, it can't be him on his own because Corona's out as well and he's a he's a big, big blow as well. Um, fantastic playmaker, winger type. So I worry about Mexico. Um, I think Poland will have the edge there just because of the, the sheer attacking ability in that team. It's not just Lewandowski, Zielinski has had a, an out, outstanding campaign as well with Napoli. Worry about the, the sort of centre-half and central midfield uh, makeup there. I think they're, they're a little bit looking a little bit leggy and laboured, but um, I would back Poland to edge it things over Mexico. Obviously, Argentina win the group, um, and Saudi Arabia, I think, can be more competitive because her Renard is in charge now, who has done wonderful things in African football and has certainly made them more competitive than they were four years ago. So it's obviously a, a straight shootout, really, between Mexico and um, Poland to see who follows Argentina through. So I've picked out three selections, which I think at the prices are worth in interest. Argentina to earn nine points win all their games, 11 to five. Argentina to win the group and Saudi Arabia to fail to win a match, that's 10 to 11. 
It's very appealing. And also the straight forecast of Argentina first and Poland second, that's 17 to 10. So three sort of pro Argentina plays there. But I think of all the groups, this is the one where you look at the favourite and you go, it's very difficult to see them coming a cropper. See, this is why he's in, <laughs> folks. He can dig out these nuggets for us. Uh, every day of the first week of the World Cup, by the way, we'll be offering a free £2 bet builder. Max one free £2 bet per customer per day. Applies to any bet builder on any World Cup game from the 20th to the 26th of November. Minimum combined odds 1.5 eligibility criteria and T's and C's apply. So, Group E is an absolute cracker. We've got Spain and Germany in the same section. <laughs> Glenn, they'll have loved that draw, <laughs> won't they? We did. <laughs> we liked the draw yeah, when yeah. it came out, I remember. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be a cracker of a game, isn't it? I mean, both teams not at their, like their pedigree of yeah. year, the year. They're not, they're still trying to maintain that standard and get closer to it. Both teams are parallel in many ways. Um, so who's going to come out on top in that group between them, I think, is going to be a, a really tough one. It probably will come down to when they play each other. I think they'll deal with the other games. But I think it's going to be, and, and I'm not sure you can call that. I mean, Mark might have another uh, uh, trick up his sleeve to tell <laughs> me anything different. But I just see them two teams as, as teams that might have a go sort of the next World Cup. They might be, they might be producing something in four years time this is another stepping stone off of the Euros um, but uh, Spain probably I don't know whether they've got that real finisher cutting edge that's the big issue that's the isn't issue it? for me because Spain, they play yeah. wonderful possession football yeah. they're lovely to watch but I'm really interested to see Pedri how Pedri plays yeah. I think he's a wonderful talent be lovely to see the likes of Foden and, 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 and Pedri, these youngsters coming in as the next crop underneath the, if it is Mbappe or whoever is going to be taking over the men. So I think they're, again, they're as similar to the two teams, really. There are mm. some youngsters here in these teams uh, for Spain and Germany that are almost like they're a replica of their team. They're going to become stars. Can they go and win it? I don't think so, no. I, I think I agree with, with, mm. with Glenn. They, they lose that fear factor because we all know here, when you, you start a competition like the World Cup, you will definitely say Germany and Spain are going to be in the semi-final, mm. like we all do. So they, they lose that, that discipline where, the, you, you know, they were like, it's a big country, like Germany and Spain, like in football, even before the tournament, you can ask to anybody, and they miss that now. Mm. They're just building. That's why I agree with Glenn. And maybe it's not this World Cup, maybe the next World Cup, they, they, they're going to be ready. And I was quite surprised. I, I, I will talk also about David De Gea being excluded mm. of the, the, the Spain squad. And, you know, sometimes we read things in the media. I don't know if it's something on the pitch or off the pitch, or maybe it's David De Gea's decision because he, he, he didn't speak about it. Nobody speak about that. So I, I, I quite don't understand why. It seems to be mm. about Luis Enrique has this very specific idea of what he wants from his goalkeepers. And I think the feeling is, rightly or wrongly, because David is not as strong technically mm. with his mm. feet, we know he's an incredible shot stopper. Yeah. We know that. But because of that, I think he feels he wants to play a bit higher up the pitch and you can't necessarily mm. do that with David De Gea. But, but, but maybe I agree with you, but you've you got three goalkeeper. You mean you... You don't want David De Gea and those three. Guys. I, I, I'm, yeah. If, like you say, is the the way Luis Enrique want to play, but he's not in the squad. Yeah, but I think mm. they're I think they're all footballers. He's so, and this is the thing about Luis Enrique. And again, from a coach's yeah. point of view, Glenn, the thing about him is 
He doesn't care what the media thinks. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. care what fans yeah. think. Well, yeah. It's his way. He doesn't care what the players <laughs> Listen, think, really. It, it, his decision. If, that's you've, it. if you've got a manager that's going to worry about what the fans and the, what the press yeah. and, and the media say, and then what, the, what teammate, you know, t- players are going to come to you and say, you've got no chance. Mm. You've got to put your, you know, you've got to be single. Yes, of course, you delegate. You take in all the information. You've got to make your own decision at the end. Of, that's why you're mm. called the manager. Yeah. That's mm. the decisions you have to make. And, and the reason, I always felt that you have to give the reasons why to a player or why we're playing this way for a team. If they understand that, they get a bit clarity. And you go out on the pitch with clarity, you've, mm. you've then got that extra man. You know, you've got that 12th man. If, if there's a little bit, un- yeah. little bit players that's unsure that's of what they're doing, and the, you're not sure if the manager knows what he's doing. He says, no, I don't care what that's. This yeah. is how we're going to play. And then they, get, they, they, they feel that belief from him and they take it out on the pitch. That's Deschamps, like you said, is that it's that clarity mm. of thought that makes such a difference. We've mentioned players like Pedri. We've mentioned Phil Foden. Jamal Musiala is another one yeah. that I watch a lot in Germany. Mm. I think that kid's been the best player in the Bundesliga this season. He's 19. It's remarkable, Patrice, when you've got these guys. Bellingham's another Bellingham's one. Bellingham's another one, yeah. yeah He's got these teenagers yeah. who are playing as if they've got the minds of a 32, 33-year-old. Mm. It's amazing. So yeah. it's like 50-50 because they're young. So if they're going to a big competition like a World Cup, are they going to panic or are they going to play without fear? And that's what I love about this. Because that's why I'm telling them, like, go there and enjoy. Yeah. Enjoy. Don't think about your age. Don't think about the pressure you have on your shoulder. Just go there and enjoy. And they are really exciting young mm-hmm. players. Same like Mbappe, you know, when he was 18 and, and playing for France. And he did. Actually, Mbappe, people, when they look the World Cup, it's like the last few games we see the, the, the real Mbappe. But he yeah. struggled at the beginning because, you know, you're young and it's a, it's a yeah. massive pressure. Yeah. So maybe those players, like, they, they're going to struggle at the group stage. Or maybe not, but mm. just make sure you go there and enjoy. I, th- I think with these youngsters nowadays, I think the Champions League is a massive experience oh, and yes. stepping stone. Yeah, yeah. Whereas back in the day, it was the European Cup. It was two, you know, first leg, second leg. It was a knockout scenario. You didn't have the amount of games, the amount of experience mm. that these youngsters are gaining and playing at that level, which is mm. right in between international football and club football. It's the next level up. Yeah. And I think these young kids are playing in that week in and week out in Germany or in the Premier League, obviously, teams. That is a massive, massive boost in the arm for these yeah. youngsters. They've got to be good enough, and they are good enough, but they're getting 100 games under their belt before yeah. they're 20, which yeah. is incredible, some of them. I think what Glenn say, uh, I forget that fact of the Champions League. Mm. Uh, you can ask to any player, and they will tell you, like, winning the Champions League is more difficult than winning the World Cup. You know, World Cup is just one mm. month, mm. but the Champions League all the year and having that under your belt, it will help them so much. It does feel like that back end of the Champions League every year mm. is about as good as it gets quality wise. When, yeah. you, when you look at some of the games. Some of the games are incredible, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, but, extraordinary. but as youngsters, they're experiencing that. They're mm. going through mm. the, the trauma of it. They're going through yeah. the, the, the positives and the negatives, you know, and, and games. So many Champions League games, just they ebb and flow. And, and that, as a player, you learn a lot. As a manager, you learn a lot through that. So it's, it's that, uh, that, there's some, that some tournament, but it's a great stepping stone for, for the yeah. World Cup. Mark, it's tempting to think that there, there is just Spain and Germany mm. in this group, but that's not the case. <laughs> yeah. Tell us about the rest of the group and tell yeah. us how you think this might play out. 
Well, I feel really sorry for Japan to be lumbered in with, with Germany and Spain because uh, I think they're a team on paper you look towards and you think they've got such a, a gluttony of attacking weapons mm. at their disposal. They might not have a, a, central, a central striker who can score goals mm. clinically and consistently, but they'll certainly provide moments of joy in terms of their, their build-up play. Um, defensively, they probably are suspect, particularly coming up against such strong European opponents. But um, I think they've got to be fancy to finish third behind those big two. Um, there has been some doubts about their head coach and about his pragmatism and not allowing those key players and forward areas to express themselves. But I think because they are underdogs against Germany and Spain, we should see a bit more of them in forward areas when possession is turned over. And then there's Costa Rica, who obviously go back to 2014, caused a huge, huge upset. Um, some of those players are still around and they're, they're sort of struggling to sort of shake those old heads off and bring the new generation through. So there's a bit of crossover coming into this competition. Kalo Navas is still the standout player in that squad. Um, but they're probably going to stink the place out because they're just going to put 10 men behind the ball, try and frustrate, <laughs> try and pick a point off, out off these big teams and, and do what they can. They're fortunate to even be in the qualifying, fortunate even to even come through qualifying. So uh, it's difficult to see them repeat in the feats of 2014. It, but uh, There's yeah. going to be some interesting games because we're talking about a lot of teams playing on the counter. Mm. Well, when they play each other, who's going to be the team? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get the ball and try and take By the way, Australian fans of the show, Costa Rican fans of the show, Mexican fans of the show. I will be giving Mark's email address out at the end, just so you're aware. Um, don't forget, by the way, to sign up for our World Cup newsletter. That'll be delivered straight to your inbox every match day of the tournament. If you head over to betting.betfair.com, uh, then you can sign up for that and stay. There's loads of good stuff on that website. Me and Mark write on it, but don't let that put you off. There are lots of other writers who you might like a bit more. Belgium, the favourites to win Group F. I'm not sure I like Belgium, Patrice. I look at them. <laughs> Romelu Lukaku, I love. I think he's amazing, but he doesn't seem fit. Yeah. You've got problems about Eden Hazard because he's barely played, really, across 2022. Mm. I know they've got Kevin De Bruyne, but where do you think they're at right now? Belgium is always Belgium. Like When you see the player, it would be like they're going to win the tournament. But as soon as the tournament starts, they always fail. And I speak with uh, Roberto Martinez because, you know, Glenn was talking early on and I was saying, but as a manager, are you going to deal with the player? You just have them like a week and they have to play mm -hmm. straight away. And actually, he take it as a positive way. He was like, but Patrice, at least the player, they're going to be fit already so yeah. they're going to be but I was like but you need like one month he said no I, I know my player yeah. I know which player I pick and I think this will be great and he, he was saying I think we're going to have some explosive game in the group stage people won't normally you know before the work you're going to say at ah, the group stage they're not ready they need to you know to, to get the, the momentum the, but they're going to be ready but Belgium they always like disappoint you when you I think it was the, the, the Euros and, and they lose, I don't remember against which team. I lost to Italy last year in they, the Euros. They lost mm, yeah. before the game, the way they were playing before that. I think Belgium have a, a lack of dealing with the pressure. When mm. it's like that game, yeah. they need to win, you know, to go to the next level, they always let you down. It's a really difficult one, Glenn, isn't it? Because they've been tagged with this whole golden generation thing, yes. which is what England laboured exactly. with for years. Ah, exactly. And they do have incredible <laughs> players, but ultimately, major tournaments, loads of good teams. There's no yeah. divine right to win it. Of course, and that, that pressure was there. That pressure isn't there 
that internal pressure I don't feel is on them now. I think mm. that's what Martinez was saying. Yeah. Is they're quite relaxed yeah. in a way. They're going into this tournament with still top, top... You said about De Bruyne. He's the best midfield player <sighs> in the yeah. world. Wow. So, number one, hang on a minute. Yeah, they've got yeah, the best one. midfield player in the world. They must have a chance. Mm. And if, if Lukaku does get his finishing boots on, mm. and Hazard, Hazard's going to be fresh. He hasn't, you say, yeah, okay, hasn't played that much football, but the type of player he is, if he was shattered at the end of a season, he's a dribbler. He takes people on. Mm. Not so much now, but listen, he's just got to hit his peak at this moment in time. Don't cast Belgium out. I think Belgium could go and be a big surprise to people. I think number one, and we'll get onto that in a minute with Brazil, I'm sure, but to win the World Cup, to win a tournament, your goalkeeper has to have a really good tournament. Courtois at the moment. Is he the best in the world He's right probably now? the best in yeah, the world, yeah. I've got to say. So you, yeah, you're talking about the two Brazilian keepers playing the Premier League and Courtois. Now, most you look through the, the history, yes, you've got this wonderful player that wins the World Cup, you know, with a team built round him, mm. but your goalkeeper, even way back to Gordon Banks back in 66, had a great tournament. You've got to have your goalkeeper playing well. Mm. That's where England, we've, we've just got to hope that whoever he picks, Mm. He has a good tournament. Doesn't throw anything in. Doesn't make many mistakes. And that's the sign of a good goalkeeper in a tournament. That's what you want. If that happens, the rest in front can, you know, if you've got the talent and you've got the defensive uh, team sorted out, they're the, that's the sort of team like Belgium could actually go and surprise themselves. Because I don't feel they're under that pressure this time. I'm having a crisis now. They've completely charmed me about Belgium. I went into this <laughs> thinking, oh, they're going to be rubbish. They're not going to do anything. I'm being convinced. Mark, there is an issue here, though. And the issue mm. is not Thibaut Courtois, not Kevin De Bruyne. It's what's between them, which is the defensive line. Mm. That mm. is an issue. We know Vertonghen has great experience. We know Alderweireld has great experience. Mm. But they're both playing domestically in Belgium and they are well into their 30s. I'm well into my 40s. That's not an issue. But for a football player, it is. Yeah, um, the turning circles were never the, the fastest, were they? So now they're into the mid-30s. Balls in behind them are going to be an issue, and I know the wing-back system accounts for that, and there is plenty of pace and energy in that Belgium team. But I'm sort of verging towards you, Kev. I look at this World Cup, yes. and I look at the groups, this is the most open, I think, of the whole tournament. I think it's absolutely fascinating. I can make a case for all four of them qualifying mm. or all four of, the, four of them going out in the first stage. And that's why I've chosen to attack Belgium as the big team, I think, might bomb. Because over the last three World Cups, Germany, England, Spain, Italy, Portugal and France have all gone out in the group stage at least once in those competitions. I don't see there any reason why Belgium can't follow them. The golden generation has moved on. They're flat track bullies. When it come, push comes to shove, I feel that they don't perform when it matters. And sure, the pressure off might be a big help, but I think there's enough elsewhere in this group to be worried from a Belgian perspective. So Croatia have started to refresh their squad with a new breed of youngsters coming through. You've still got Luka Modric putting strings at his age, being one of the best players in the world, possibly on a par with De Bruyne. Still issues at goalkeeper and still issues who's going to start up front. but they will probably be one of the best teams between the boxes in the competition. They can control games defensively. They've looked a lot more assured recently. Then you've got Morocco, who I think cannot be discounted. Mm. Probably the best fullback combination in the whole competition. Hakimi and Masraoui. Mm. Ziyech is back from international exile. Central midfield is a little bit light, but El Nasiri not clinical enough up top, but he's still European experience. And a classy goalkeeper in Bono from Sevilla as well. 
They've got great belief, great optimism since their former head coach was sacked earlier this year. They've, there's a real belief in the camp that they can go out and do something special. And then you've got Canada, who are unpredictable, shall we say, because they've not been tested outside of CONCACAF. And we think Alfonso Davies is going to be fit. It yes. looks as though he wasn't going to be. But yeah. it looks mm. as though. And he'll be given license to roam. He'll be playing much more further forward than he does with Bayern at left back. So, you know, it's not just Davies either. It's doing a disservice to other players. Um, you know, uh, Jonathan David, for example, leading the line at Lille and scoring goals in French football. They've got a, a quality squad and a head coach in John Herdman who's incredibly adaptable and sets up his team very differently each match depending on the opponents. We talk about awkwardness. They will be awkward. They will be competitive, I think, as well. But the question mark is, have they been tested outside of their region? And it's difficult to say. So, you know, I've taken three bets here, which all effectively oppose Belgium in various ways. Morocco to qualify, 3.25. I like that. Belgium not to qualify at 7 to 2. Or the Croatia-Morocco dual forecast at 9 to 1. Wow. Basically, wow. either of Croatia or Morocco to win the group, the other <coughs> one coming runner-up. It's 9 to 1. So... Look, I might be completely out, <laughs> completely wrong here, but I think of all the teams who you expect to win the group comfortably, Belgium would be the one I want to take on. See, I told you two Belgium would you were give, rubbish. Would you, give me, would you give me seven to two for them to qualify? <laughs> I'd be a very poor man, probably. <laughs> the favourites to win the whole thing, currently Brazil. Patrice, their squad is outrageous. I mean, you look at the quality that they have, just in the forward areas, but the goalkeepers, they've got great centre-backs. Is full-back maybe the only position where they're a little bit light, potentially, but how do you think they're going to do? Because they, they're, they're, they, they, they're still uh, my favourite. When uh, we were talking earlier with Glenn and talking about the squad, talking about the squad, and also I think Neymar are going to surprise a lot of people. Neymar reminds me a lot of Ronaldinho, they don't play to be the best uh, player in the world. They play for fun, for entertainment. People, you go to watch a, a, a foot, you pay to watch a football game to see players like Neymar because you know they're going to entertain you. But actually, he falls on that game and he gets a lot of criticism. Like in France, they, they, they blame him, they blame his lifestyle and everything. And this year, I see a different Neymar. I see an angry Neymar. I feel a Neymar, he wants to put his team on his shoulder and say, we're going to win it. And I feel that that's why I say Brazil going to be really dangerous. They are my favorite because of the depth of the squad, because of Neymar wanted to, to prove to people, I, I can be the best uh, player in the world if I decide. And I think he decide to become the best player in the world. And you see the way he's performing with PSG. It's just amazing. Yeah, Glenn, his whole career, when you look at it, mm. has been building up to this moment. They've talked about it for years. You know, this will be maybe when Neymar's at his peak. Mm. And Patrice is absolutely right. You look at his form for Paris, might be as good as it's ever been. Mm. Uh, and that's with Messi and with Mbappe in mm. the same team. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's going into the tournament with a lot of confidence. And he's, he's an unbelievable talent. Um, I'm not so sure. I, I agree with Patrice what you said, but I don't like that. I don't like that, oh, well, I'm now going to start playing mm. at my very best. Mm. Listen, I don't care what talent you've got. You, you look at Pelé, Maradona, all these great players, Cruyff, all the way through. You cannot switch this game on like a light. You can't switch it on and switch it off. Mm. And that's where he's not being, f you know, he's not being honest to himself yeah, or to football. Yeah. If you're being given that gift that he's got, you go out and you give, like your Messi's and your Ronaldo's, you do it, you don't, you do it 
every single training session. Do some people, Let do some players need that though to, to motivate yeah, themselves? He, like Patrice says, that anger inside. Oh, well, I, think, I think it's a good, it's a good yeah. analogy what you've just said there because I can see what you're saying. Normally, he would have this flamboyancy, this mm. entertainment. Yeah. You know, if I was a season ticket holder at a club, I'd buy a season ticket to go and watch him week in and week out because I'd get entertained. It'd be That's fantastic. It. When it comes around to a World Cup, I don't want to see that. Mm. I want to see you being positive. I want to see you doing things that uh, there's end product for the team that yeah. ends up winning the trophy. And they're the greatest players that are, that's hit the planet. They play like that. Their mentality is like that. Week in, week out, training session from training session. Nobody, nobody in this game can just turn it on and turn it off. It, you're not that good. And so the reason you are that good is because you can't do it. You don't do it. Your Messi's don't do it. Mm. Your Ronaldo's don't do it. Your Maradona's don't do it. This is why I've always put him here exactly now he might this is his moment as you yeah. rightly say but, kev but this is his moment i don't think i think he's got a great team i think brazil might actually come close i think they're the favorites and he might be their talisman yeah. but they've got enough about them without him if he doesn't play so well i still think brazil could win mm. yeah. a trophy that's my point but, but like like glenn say and and uh, that's why you got so much frustration about neymar because the talent he got mm. And he just want to go and play like he's playing in the park. And like I say, like, like Glenn just say, it's not easy like to switch on the button. But he did it at the start of the season. You know, people were talking about his weight, showing picture, whatever. And I, I think that hurt him a lot. And maybe he need that. Yeah. Maybe he needed that. You know, some player, you got it inside. That's why when you don't compare player with Messi and, and Ronaldo, because they have that killing factor. Like they're here, they're professional. Every day, like I say, Cristiano is the most professional footballer I play with. Cristiano, we start the training at 10, he's going to be at 8 on the pitch on his, on his own. We finish training, people are in the shower, he's still in the gym. So he, he, he don't have that, that profession. And, and Ronaldo, Ronaldinho the same. When you think about Ronaldinho, he win only one you know, Ballon d'Or. But he, he must have, he should have won like four or five, but they don't have that discipline. And he's mm. also inside the DNA of the Brazilian player, you know, the carnival and all of that, the joy, the happiness. And to be fair, sometimes if you want to perform, like all that happiness, you have to sacrifice your happiness. You need mm. to, to be there, like sometimes like a robot. You, you, like you, you lose that human side. And that's what I was like when I was playing. Like yeah. when I realized now, I was like, wow, I, did I, I win that? But yeah. because in that moment, I was just a robot. Winning, yeah. winning is not like, like playing on the Deschamps was like, winning is important. Playing on the Ferguson, winning is normal. And it's become mm -hmm. something normal. But for, for those kind of players, they don't have it inside. Mm -hmm. So he maybe get like so much hurt, then it's like, okay, now I will turn on. Well, you mentioned people talking about Neymar's weight. People have often talked about my weight, but I don't quite <laughs> have the same quality to kind of react in that same way. Um, Mark, Serbia, Switzerland, Cameroon. I think this is a hard group, but in a weird way, yeah. is that going to help Brazil? Because it'll kind of tune them up, won't it? Yeah, it should do. And they've won the group at every World Cup since 1978, which wow. is a remarkably consistent wow. record. So mm. <laughs> you have to consider them as favourites, understandably, not just to win the competition, but to, to win this group regardless. But I am absolutely fascinated. I think the best game of the whole tournament might be the match day three scenario, but Switzerland take on Serbia. Yes. After yes. what happened four years ago. None of this Brazil or France <laughs> nonsense. <laughs> Serbia, Switzerland. It's going to be tasty. Uh, it's going to be fiery. And it's very difficult to, to decide who out of those two teams may edge through because I think Cameroon are probably going to be um, finishing bottom of the pile. They've got a, 
a below par coach, a below par defence. Anguissa's had a great season. Striking options are, are plentiful, but I think uh, in terms of preparation, what they've done is, is, isn't desirable really, coming into a, a really tough group. And I'd slightly give Switzerland a nod over Serbia, just because temperamentally, they're probably in a better place. They're, they're solid. Um, they're kind of more consistent. Serbia are a wild card. Um, being Irish, I watch most of their qualifiers and <laughs> let's just say that they're, they're gung-ho. They really go for teams. Uh, attack is definitely the best form of defence and that's understandable when you look at the squad. They're very much um, forward thinking. But, you know, this weekend, Mitrovic and Vlajevic missed their matches through injury. We, we assume that Mitrovic is saving himself, but Vlajevic, I think there's something a bit more potentially serious at, at work there and that would be hugely significant if both of those players missed out but they have got some unbelievably talented players but they're all in forward areas they give you chances they concede goals they don't keep clean sheets I think that's the difference between Switzerland and Serbia in tournament football I probably would err towards a more cautious conservative solid side like Switzerland who let's not be disrespectful they've got plenty of quality of their own you know they're, they're, they're used to qualifying from World Cup groups this is their bread and butter really so but it all comes down to that final game. I really can't wait. Um, I think it's going to be really spicy. Um, probably should be a few goals in that game too, because qualification... You think there's going to be loads of violence in it and loads of cards. <laughs> you I said know it, you. you. That's said what it. you're looking for. You said it. I'm all right. I've, I've been targeting it now for six months. But yeah, I mean, it, it's a really difficult group to call betting-wise. So I picked out two plays, which might interest. The guys have talked about him. Neymar to score two or more goals in the group stage. It's five to six. That really stands out. To score two or more is yeah. 5 <laughs> Yes. Okay. Brazil to win the group and Cameroon to fail to win a match is 13-10 to 10 as well, which I think is a nap material. Okay, we've got one group to go and it is a fascinating <clears throat> one. Portugal take on Uruguay, Ghana, South Korea. Patrice, let's talk about Cristiano Ronaldo. Now, we know, obviously, he's been outspoken about what's happened with Manchester United, but mm. for Portugal... Whereas he hasn't been a regular for United this season, for Portugal, he's absolutely still a central part of that team. You know him incredibly well. Mm. What can he do at this tournament? I, I think uh, Cristiano will, will take his chance to show he's the best player in the world. I think he is really dedicated for that. And even you talk about him performing for Portugal, but the last game he's been like boo by, by his own fan. So he, he, I think he's really hurt. It's a really uh, mm. low moment for, for, for Cristiano right now. And like I say, like a lot of people criticize about his attitude or whatever, but at the end, we are all human beings. And it's not, people every time when I talk about Cristiano, they say, oh, because he's your brother. I'm not uh, trying to defend anybody, but sometimes, you know, maybe when you hurt, you're going to do mistake. You know, we are all human beings. But I think this tournament is... I'm sure Cristiano, first of all, he, he, but he, he won the, the, the Euro against, against me in final. He beat us in, in final. So he already wins something with his country. But I think this World Cup for Cristiano will be personal. I hope he won't be too personal because he needs to think about the team. Because like I say, he needs he need the player. But they have a strong squad. Mm. They have a strong squad. I think Portugal can, can surprise. And if they got that, because he's angry. Cristiano right mm. now is angry. For goals, he's angry for winning. He's angry to show to people he's the yeah. best player. So they got an angry Cristiano Ronaldo, but I hope that anger won't have an impact on the squad. And those players, they need to think also about themselves because when you have like a player like Cristiano in your team, sometimes, you know, when he's not playing the team, as a team, they perform even better. But when we, we are with him, you know, in a semi-final or whatever, 
you can't have that goal threat. But uh, yeah. what a big turn is going to be maybe his last World Cup. After what he's going through with Manchester United, he, he can't wait. Yeah. I think Cristiano, in his head, is already training for, for this World Cup. 100%. Glenn, from a coach's point of view, it's a really difficult one. We've kind of alluded to this with England and, and with France as well. When you've got so many good players, mm. the temptation is to cram them all into the team. But you can't do that, can no, you? No, you can't. You've got to have a balance. The, a team that's going to win the World Cup is going to have a balance about them. They have got enough depth. I think they've got a real depth to their squad as well. They've got mm. some, some X-factor players. I think... Ronaldo, the timing, I mean, some people say the timing of this World Cup is a disgrace and it shouldn't be. But for, for Ronaldo, it's coming <laughs> just at the right time Jack for him. Point. He's chomping on the bit. You know, it, to get away from United at the moment, yeah. mentally, he's, he's going to be uplifted. He's back with his, his teammates at mm. Portugal. I don't think, I, you know him better than me. Mm. I still think, I look at him, I think he knows he wants to be the individual, the best player in the world mm. and all them things. But he doesn't put the team at detriment plays for the team still yeah. whether you, you know he's going to charge around defensively and whatever that's up to the coach what yeah. they, how they're going to press but he's, for me I think he's a real danger more than ever <laughs> because of what's happening in his life I think he's, he can't wait to get there and prove yeah. to the world and to Manchester United and yeah. to everyone there yeah. I'm, you know you're missing out on something here and he loves so that he's got the players around him yeah. as well he's got some good players there that yeah. can create for him yeah. Uh, get the balance right. They get the balance right and defend again. It's about whoever wins this is going to defend properly. They of defend course. properly, they go and win this tournament. I think with Portugal as well, with Fernando Santos, it's about what he can do rather mm. than what he can't do. Because mm. we know with Eric Ten Hag, he has a very understandably specific idea of what he wants his forwards to do. And maybe that's not he, he, but the same fit anymore. But at a club level, he's planning... Ten Hag's planning for the future yeah, as well, completely. don't forget, you know. Yeah. This is now. This is like four weeks of the creme de la creme all meeting up in Qatar and going for the World Cup. And Ronaldo will, will just take that in. He'll love that. Mark, I like the look of Uruguay. I think, obviously, we've got Darwin Nunez. He's just chaos, <laughs> which, which is brilliant. I, I, you don't know what he's going to do. He doesn't know what he's going to do. They've got some great experience in attack as well. If they can keep them fit, they've got good defenders. You look at this group, what appeals to you? It's a really open group, I think. It's very competitive. Um, Portugal should be going through, but there's something about them right now which worries me slightly and there's a lot of criticism of Santos's pragmatism, but that can often be a positive in, in tournament football. Ronaldo, where does he fit into that team? Who do you drop for him? Because they've got so many quality attacking players, inventive players, Bernardo um, and Bruno is probably going to be one or the other rather than both. You've got Rafael Leao, who's been doing wonderful things in Milan as well. So um, obviously going forward, they look very good. You expect Santos to keep them tight at the back too. But... I was surprised to learn that since 2010, they've only won 10 of their last 27 matches in major tournaments. That's included winning the European Championship. So they've not been consistent enough for me. And um, I think in the last couple of competitions, I've been left underwhelmed and disappointed. Mm. So yeah, I think you look towards Uruguay. Uh, they've been the best South American team in two of the last three World Cups. Um, going through a bit of a, a sort of generational shift themselves. Oscar Tabarez was there for 15 years. He um, ended his reign with four games to play in the, in the World Cup qualifiers and Diego Alonso came on and qualified them. The opposition were 
probably let's say easier than what uh, Tavares had to deal with in that last four games but he's certainly gone towards the youth team and Uruguay have always had a very strong youth set up there and he's he's bringing those players through um, there's a freshness about them even if you've still got Cavani and Suarez hanging on a little bit Suarez has gone home to play domestically to try and make sure he's fit and available for this competition he still is the spearhead of the team I wonder whether he will sort of drop out as the competition you know, gathers pace and he's unable to play three games a week and that's why we might see Darwin coming to the fore but the midfield makeup is wonderful defensively there's doubts over Harajo and his fitness and also Gudin who's been on the decline for quite a while mm. still the captain of the team um, is he going to be a weak link I'm not sure but I think Uruguay that's where I'd be heading for a bet in this group over Portugal just on value terms they're a bigger price yeah. um, you look at South Korea don't hold out too much hope for them. Son's injury, of course, blighting their preparations. But Paolo Bento has been heavily criticised for their style of play. South Korea traditionally quite attack-minded, mm, playing yeah. fast football. They've slowed it right down and they've not been very effective, not scoring enough goals. And then there's Garno, who've had a really wretched 18 months or so, but seems to start be finding themselves, really. Uh, Otto Addo, the head coach there, who's kind of doubling up as a Dortmund youth team coach. He's supported by Chris Hewton and George Boateng as well. And there's starting to be a few green shoots about them. I think they're lively, dangerous wild cards in that group because they brought through Nyaki Williams, Tarek Lamptey, Mohamed Salisu, three players who have basically come into the fold in the last six months and they can definitely improve that team. But um, yeah, I would look towards Uruguay first and foremost and then the rest. There's not a huge amount of value for me betting-wise. It's a short price, but Uruguay and Portugal in the dual forecast is four mm. to six. If you do like Uruguay, they're 3.0 to win the group. Yeah, I think I'm, I do like the look of Uruguay to actually win that section, but we'll see. Rapid fire to uh, wrap the show up. We're going to get the guys' thoughts on who will win the whole thing, who will be player of the tournament, who might be top scorer. Let's start with top scorer. Glenn, I'll go with you first. Harry Kane. Okay. Patrice. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. I, 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 no, I want to say Harry uh, Kane also. <laughs> Uh, and you're allowed you can double yeah, up no. with Glenn that's fine I can well we both think that England are going to go deep yeah. you'd imagine that they'll go pretty deep into the tournament yeah unless well, you're thinking on penalties as well which never does any harm unless you, yeah of course there's going to be games go but, but, but like Glenn there. also say I think this, this uh, England team of creativity people mm -hmm. can deliver for mm -hmm. him so that's why I think he will, he will score like many goals I want to say also maybe Mbappe but Mm. I go for for all I can. I'm going Jamal Musiala as a back to lay at 140. Oh, wow. Um, wow, it's a big shot. Mark, what have you got? Uh, I've got Lautaro Martinez at Argentina, 25 mm. to one. Yeah, I think yeah, uh, not obviously if Argentina aren't going to go deep, you'd think that he'd be scoring mm. on a regular basis. Player of the tournament. Now this is interesting because you've got to think if, for what you've said, Patrice, about Neymar, you've got to think if he stays fit, if Brazil win it, he's going to have been the poster boy for it, isn't he? I think, yeah, it could be Neymar <laughs> or Messi. Yeah. I, will, I, I will go, I even want to go with a goalkeeper. I think what Glenn said, mm. like a Thibaut Courtois maybe can surprise and Belgium can go until the end. So I'm between Neymar and, and Courtois and Messi, but mm. I go for Neymar. Or the, one of the Brazilian goalkeepers. Also, yeah, have, you know, whoever he plays in the end, he's got a great choice, isn't he? But... Uh, it's a tough one, player. It's a mm. tournament. It's someone who's going to go deep. I think. 
I'm going to light this. There's real. You can hear yeah. the cogs. I'm hoping, I'm hoping it gets it gets the license to play. And I think Foden. If we go deep in it, I, I'd, I'd love Foden to come out. Yeah. I think if it's not this World Cup, the next World Cup, this kid's got such ability. Mm. And uh, this, to a certain degree, if you saw him playing for Argentina, I think he'd be or Brazil or yeah. something. He wouldn't be out of place. And I think if he if he has a you know he could be someone that really comes out as a, as a top star. There you go, Glenn's on the Stockport Iniesta. Um, Mark? <laughs> uh, I'm going to cheat and select two, but I'll give my reasoning Boo. for it. Okay, go on then. Brazil are four to one, Argentina are 6.5 to win that right, okay? If Brazil or Argentina win the competition, so you put Neymar, and Messi, Neymar and Messi, they're both 10 to one shots. If Argentina win, Messi's going to get it. Mm. The four of the last five winners have been aged 30 or over. Modric got it last time. I think mm. both, they're basically the pin-up boys, aren't they? And probably the last World Cups each. So mm. I think rather than backing them outright, you might have more joy backing both of those players individually in the player of the tournament market at 10 to 1. I would slap, slap Mark off mm. for that, but I've actually written that in a preview piece myself. <laughs> so <laughs> I can't do that. Um, and the winner. Uh, Mark, I'll go with you first. Uh, it's dull, but Brazil, for yeah. me on paper, are the, are the strongest suit. Um, They've been tried and tested now over a large period of time. They were very close mm. to knocking Belgium out four years ago, and they feel like they've got unfinished business. 20 years now since they last won the competition. Yeah. Wow. They've been favourites at every competition since. I think mm. this year is probably the year out of the last couple of tournaments where you can look at them and go, yeah, mm. they're going to yeah. go deep. Mm. I'm going to go for Brazil as well, so sorry to all Brazilian fans for that, because that means you won't win it. Glenn? <laughs> sorry, Brazil. <laughs> yeah, Brazil, because, okay. of, because of the goalkeeping, and I think they, I look at their defence, I think they're strong defence, as well as we're talking about yeah. Neymar and going forward and everything, you know, <laughs> Rafinha, sorry. and they've got some beautiful players. Casemiro, probably yeah. one of the best holding players at the moment. Yeah. I, I think their balance is great. And Patrice? Uh, Brazil. Mm. I was Brazil-Argentina before we start, so I, I go for Brazil. Mm. It's Brazil all the way. That's uh, all we have time for on World Cup Only Better. Please do remember to gamble responsibly. We're going to have daily shows throughout the tournament. Every match day, uh, we'll be covering those games. All the best tips and insights from Glenn, from Patrice, from Mark and from me. It's goodbye for now. <laughs>